0: Hi, hello, it's me, David. Um, don't worry, Ryan, Ryan will be here. Um, I'm just re-recording the intro to this podcast because upon starting to edit, I realized that I had the reverb on for our recording, and I felt like I owed you some kind of an explanation. Um, so that's on me. That's a that that's a that's a Dave fuck up. Um, so just imagine that when you're listening to us, you're listening to us live, and we're on stage it may be a, a quaint open mic. Um, okay, now I'm gonna tell you real quick what we actually talked about in the episode okay so first um we talked about uh the retreat that ryan just went on with adult film for his uh the checkoff play that he's doing the seagull um we we talked about that we talked about checkoff in general um and then we talked about my play that i just finished at wp called bite me and reading the reviews on closing night and uh you know my response to that um and then we talked about how me and ryan both auditioned for ryan and i ryan and i i don't know me and Ryan both auditioned for um, The Understudy in Danny and Danny the Deep Blue Sea with Chris Abbott and Aubrey Plaza and how we watched each other's tapes and they exist in entirely different solar systems. Um, and then, uh, oh, oh, Ryan did a reading at the New York Theater Workshop. So that's what's up. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for waiting for our long-delayed episode five. Okay, bye. Did
1: you get a haircut recently? No. Okay. Everyone asks me that when it, it reaches a certain point. And then it looks longer, and I can push it back. Mm. And then everybody's like, did you get a haircut?
0: It's like optimal hair length, reached.
1: Mm. Sure.
0: Um, How was the retreat?
1: Uh, It was great. It was amazing.
0: You guys went for, what, four days?
1: We went up on a Wednesday, and we came back on a Sunday. Got it. So it was like three full working days. And tell us what the retreat's for. We're working on a production of... Anton Chekhov's *The Seagull*. Okay, that's <laughs> and um, we're working on it for a year and exploring it very slowly. And the retreats. I'm blessed to have many gay gay dads and uncles mm. with houses upstate, and uh, gay daddy artistic
0: sponsors, yeah, uh, some, <laughs> the, some, the true some, patrons of the sponsorships. arts,
1: yeah. nice. and um. Uh, we just go upstate periodically to spend a few days just, like, really focusing on the play and uh, in nature and having sort of spontaneous environmental experiences.
0: Well, what does exploring it look like?
1: <clears throat> okay. Well, this time it was a little different because we did a retreat in the summer, mm-hmm. and it was the same amount of time, and we, we like, fucking worked like eight hours every day and we were like you know in the sun and getting sunburned and just it was really you know full and this time we were all you know it's fall Mm -hmm. we went uh, we went to a different part of state that's a very old uh the house we stayed in was built in 1812 and it feels very like old sort of New England. It, it, it's not. It's not like malevolent, but it's definitely like haunted, uh-huh. for sure. And um, you know, it's colder, and we were just like a little cozier. So we did a lot of work, but a lot of the work that we did, especially being in a house from 1812, and they've kept like a lot of the original stuff. It was sort of like living in the play uh-huh. for a few days. And um but on a practical level we you know we would get up, we would go outside and do our my my physical warm-up process that I do, which involves movement and voice and text, and we'd do that for a long while, and then we uh would do some Harold Guskin. Work from his How to Stop Acting book. Uh, other people would throw exercises in, like we we meisnered a lot of the scenes mm-hmm. for a long time. Then we would take a break and we would make lunch together, and then we would go. Um, a lot of a lot of elements in the play are going to be film, and we're also filming a documentary out of the entire process of, the, mm-hmm. of us working on this for a year. So uh, in the play, there's a play within a play, like they do Constantine's play and Nina's the actress in it. Yeah. So we went and filmed part of that in a graveyard and it was amazing. It was just amazing. And we're just like walking around this tiny little town with like four streets. There's like three, three streets and there's like three churches and graveyards within a foot of each other. And we're just walking through the town with our cameras and dressed in like you know our Chekhov clothes, and people are like, "Hey, how are you, what are you filming?" <laughs> you know it was really cute. and like we, we we went into the graveyard, and someone was like, "Who are you here to see?" Like, like, they thought we were like mourning someone. Yes. and um, we're just like, "We're filming. We're expo- we're making some art, and I're like, "Oh, that's so cool." you know got it was, it. it was really sweet and then by the end of the we like our hosts arrived we we had the house to ourselves for a few days and then our hosts came and they kind of like showed us the super local restaurants and whatever and people we were all at like a cafe on Sunday and people were like were you the ones in the graveyard like oh the whole town knew about us that's so fucking by the amazing end of 4 days um what's the town called It's called Rensselaerville
0: it's in New York mhm got it
1: it's three hours north, so we did that um we did we did a lot of filming, and then the second day uh I wanted to work on th- there's a lake really close, and we were driving to the lake, and we just saw this you know some gigantic open fields with fog mm-hmm. all over them, and we just all like stopped the car, got out, all just ran around filming and um, just kind of filming whatever uh, appealed to us. Uh, went to the lake. Did a lot of the Constantine and Nina scenes. Did the did the I shot the seagull scene, which takes place by the lake. Um, that was great. Uh, there is this religious group called the uh, Twelve Tribes of Israel. Some no but if, i don't know if but it's 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 like a it's like a separate religious sect fascinating that's it's like um it's not jewish and it's not christian i love that they combine it or mm-hmm. something and you know it's called like it's it's an upstate cult and we went to the restaurant okay and it was <laughs> amazing great Lots of very interesting, you know, they're basically just a bunch of old hippies. Mm -hmm. And then they've made this like new religion or something just kind of to separate themselves from society. And um, we went to the restaurant. It's fucking amazing. Uh, Our hosts came. You know, they made all this amazing food, gigantic spread of stuff it was really just like living in the play um what is so you have when are you going
0: to put it up what's the plan for this probably april got it april and may in between now and then what what do you what do you what needs to happen what's the process like from
1: now till then (laughs) well we've broken it up into smaller one-on-one scenes Mm -hmm. um and we're rehearsing everything out of order obviously I want to keep doing that. I like the feeling of rehearsing everything out of order. But in November, we're finally getting the whole... I mean, we've done a read-through or two, but we're finally getting the whole cast together to kind of get everyone on the same process page, get everyone on the same page dramaturgically. And then in January, we're going to do one more retreat because we've done a retreat in summer, fall, and now we want to do one in the dead of winter. And then we're going to go into a more standard rehearsal process Yeah. and we're just going to rehearse it until we feel like it's ready, Yeah. Um, which will be some, probably sometime around April. Right. And then we'll start performing it.
0: Amazing dude. Yeah. I can't wait to see this. And how long, what do you, how many performances are you going to do? What are you going to do with that?
1: Uh, I think we're going to start with 16.
0: Okay, cool.
1: And it doesn't matter if 10 people come, you know, we just want to like, experience the play mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and then if it's like a runaway hit, we can do more. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we're going to take it for a little tour upstate. Also, awesome. And that's the conclusion.
0: Um, um, now, tell me tell me about your obsession with Chekhov and why you like so much.
1: Okay. So, I was in undergrad in my acting program. And... I worked two summers in a row at a summer stock in Cape Cod, which was really, really magical. You look puzzled. What is
0: summer stock? I'll be
1: honest with you. I'm, yeah. I'm well, not... it, it, it really doesn't exist anymore. What, 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 is, what exactly is summer stock? So, so, after like vaudeville went mm. out um, and the regional theater movement started. Mm -hmm. Um, this like the this like rash of summer theaters like broke out everywhere around the country and people would whether it was classic plays or new plays or musicals uh, people would do like you know from late June to early September people would do like eight plays in ten weeks Mm -hmm. with the same company Mm -hmm. Um, very you know One or two week rehearsal processes, just a big variety of material for like a summer audience, usually in a place like Cape Cod where people summer. Got it. Um, And this was very, very popular in the forties and fifties and sixties and all of that. And then they slowly, you know, started dying. You know, the region regional theaters are dying, but like this, this is so old fashioned, like the summer stock thing like my school had a relationship with one in Cape Cod and we'd send students there every summer and I was like very lucky to go twice and, you know, um, and it wasn't like working in a big corporate theater either. It was really a property with four buildings on it and a barn, mm-hmm. you know, and um, <clears throat> they were... Two of the most magical, magical summers of my life. It was amazing. And they don't and that theater doesn't exist anymore. And so I feel very lucky to have had that experience. Mm-hmm. And there's this property upstate in the town we were staying in. There's this place called the Carey Institute. And it's this gigantic this is where we like were driving and we found the fog. And it's this gigantic thing with a couple of like old Victorian houses on it. It's, it's a huge property with just little compounds and stuff. And I don't know the exact story of it, but they use it for writer's retreat sometimes or somebody like mismanaged some money. And now it's just basically not being used for anything. Mm-hmm. And it's this huge, amazing place. And I'm just like, I want to like found the new Williamstown theater festival there. And I want to do summer stock. I want to make it a film and theater festival. And I want to do it like six weeks, eight weeks every summer. Got it. So if anybody has $2.5 million for me to do that with. Someone definitely does. I know. So I'm, that's, I'm, I'm asking genuinely, like if someone wants to, if someone wants to give an artist money and let them do something with it, (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll do that. I'll, st- I'll, I'll make an actual American theater festival where uh, we do great plays and there's great acting.
0: Um, a couple questions. Have you been to Williamstown? No. M- me neither. But I-
1: this ties into my Chekhov thing. Okay, sorry. So I did this stuff at Summerstock when I was at Cape Cod, and I got cast. I mean, we, we, we worked on Chekhov a little bit in school, uh, prior to my senior year. But I got cast in The Cherry Orchard playing Yasha, who's like the, the asshole uh, butler. And, um, you know, I just fucking fell in love with it. And like, I, I mean, it was so fucking romantic and just absolutely so rare to do like Chekhov at Summerstock. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't understand how rare it was. It was, it was, um, and I fell in love with Chekhov doing that. And I came back for my senior year and I was like super actor, you know, and we did a whole semester on Anton Chekhov my senior year. And that's where I found this book, The Actors Chekhov, which is a big collection of interviews from big actors like Blythe Danner and Olympia Dukakis and Frank Langella, uh, from, the 60s through the 80s, Williamstown Theater Festival was <clears throat> under the direction of this Greek guy named Nikos Sacharopoulos and yeah. he would do Chekhov plays uh, every few years. And over the course of 30 years, he did all of the plays multiple times with many of the same people over and over again, and this book is interviews with them about that, but it's, it's really like the, it, the book is like the heart of acting. And that kind of an experience and working that way over time with that kind of people and in that environment where like actual no holds barred, like artistry is encouraged. Uh, that's, it basically doesn't exist anymore. And I wish it did. And it would be my dream. To, I'm doing it in a little, my little way with adult film. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if someone wants to fund me to do that, that would yeah. be so that's my Chekhov. And, uh, and I'm Russian, and Chekhov just fucking speaks to me deeply. And I think all of the values that you play in Chekhov are the values that you need to play uh, anything. <coughs> and Chekhov is a major influence on my, on, on Tennessee Williams and all the other writers that I love like that. So, uh,. That's, I don't know, I just have a sp- deep spiritual affinity, and anytime I read Chekhov or deal with Chekhov, or when I read that book, The Actor's Chekhov, it feels like peace to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Chekhov is so, like, need-forward, like, need-forward, and um, I find, like, I, like that vocabulary of truthfully being able to do that is very, it's a, it's a very unique and difficult thing to access for people who grew up in our society.
1: Oh, for sure
0: yeah for for me as well well uh, like truthfully playing need like need for oh yeah, covering they it up. they don't hide their emotions yes and they're just like yeah. and like and like really in like really pleading in a in an actual truthful connected way yeah
1: everyone wants to hedge everything they do with some sort of like undercut of like the actual expression of the feeling
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: what do you know about Chekhov?
0: I don't know I, no, I actually know very little about Chekhov to be honest with you my mother I mean I'm, I'm Russian my mom I mean my mom was at theater I mean she, they just went to the theater a lot mm-hmm. um, that's nice yeah they went to the theater like like every week they went to the theater oh. um, in, in Boston? no in, in St. Petersburg Russia
1: oh Jesus Christ um, well, like that but was that's, like a, that's, a different like they, that's they, for they, sure people do be going to the theater
0: they do be going to the theater yes and there's
1: lots of theater for them to be going
0: to yes that's both both very true Um, but my, my, my mom didn't love Chekhov um Mm. and I also Chekhov I mean and it could also definitely be like from the way that I saw it done the issue with Chekhov and and pleading is if it's not done well it's completely not real and really fucking monotonous and hard to watch man and so to be honest with you I think one of the I mean, I, I thought of it as like a, almost an acting exercise for myself when I worked on Chekhov, in terms of being able to do it and believe myself doing it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of me being like a f- Chekhov, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, you know what? I what I really love to see a lot more of Chekhov. But I will say when we did the, um, the Ivanov reading, Ivanov, <laughs> you tell me, baby, come on, <laughs> Ivanov, <laughs> Ivanov, <laughs> Ivanov. When we did the Ivanov reading, um, that was that was. Um, I started to appreciate a lot of moments
1: yeah that plays weaker than all the other plays Mm -hmm. but it has all the same like
0: ingredients but but yeah but i started to honestly appreciate it and also i think something has been happening to me as i get older where before like i told you earlier like before a lot of that shit felt very far-fetched and i'm like oh wait this is actually life
1: and now you're like i'm like a bird yeah okay uh, uh, a bird wants to fly away yeah man
0: i want to tell you dude that after after we close the play after
1: tell us all about i mean we haven't
0: we haven't spoken in a while
1: did we record one while you were doing it so far jesus we did But talk about like the last two weeks of it or something something, yeah
0: man uh I'm gonna talk a little bit about what the whole thing was like, and then I'll talk about the, the, the closing, and then I'll talk about reading the reviews immediately upon closing.
1: Ooh. Oh, you didn't? Oh, good, you didn't.
0: Read I didn't. That. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't read them. I mean, some people told me some like snippets, but I didn't read them.
1: I didn't read any of the reviews either.
0: Um, well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, it was interesting. Let's just say. Um, so, I mean, man, the, the thing is, like, it it's just a goddamn blessing to get to walk out on stage and have people pay money to watch you act. It's, like, surprising. Like, when I lean my head out through the door and I see the audience for the first time and I pretend like I don't see the audience for the first time. Um, It's so, it's amazing. Um, We had, I mean...
1: I love that space.
0: Yeah, dude, the space, yeah. It's,
1: like, a perfect space. 100%. It's just big enough.
0: Yes, yes, exactly, yes. And, um... And, um... Man, I was thinking a lot about how, like, we talked about this before how like you make all you make all these choices you do all the work and you walk out on stage and that all brings you to like a b plus mm-hmm. but then sometimes like divinity happens and you forget you're at play yeah and then it's like holy fucking shit i'm really like fighting for my life right now on stage and i guess people are watching too mm-hmm. um and there were and, and those moments were like insanely gratifying mm-hmm. And like, holy fucking shit. Um, and I, I was lucky. I mean, I was lucky enough that a lot of times when people that like I cared about doing well in front of came, those were like some of the better shows. And that was really, really, really lovely, man. Um, there was also a moment where like um, in the very last, in the in the last act and one of the last sections, I go, and, I, and I'm telling you because you saw the play, I, I go like, then why are you in this room? Why did you get me the bottle of champagne? Why did you kiss me? And for this one show, the audience laughed so hard at her line <laughs> before and for so long that it gave me absolutely, I couldn't say my line. Yeah. And it got, I got angry. And I got angry that I couldn't say this fucking thing that I need to deliver. And because I got so angry, I couldn't say the, the way that my line had been habituated into my body to be said. Yeah. And that was one of the, and, that, and, that, and mm-hmm. the way I said the line was, was literally like, then why are you in this room? And why did you get me that bottle of champagne? And why did you kiss me? Like fully, fully drop down and it's never hit harder in my life. Awesome. And it was like, and that completely informed how I did that. Yeah, how that's I,
1: the relationship with the audience.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so I found there were all these moments because I mean, bro, one time, man, maybe a week ago, there was a guy in the front row who was wearing a fucking like keys around his wrist. This motherfucker was jangling the uh-huh. whole show. I mean, bro, I'm like seven feet away from him. He's jangling through everything. There were moments, man. I got so fucking mad, like I couldn't.
1: I looked. Like, what do I do? I would have just looked at him.
0: I mean, I dude. The thing is,
1: I would have patted LePond.
0: At a certain point, man, I um, this has been going on for so long that I was just curious who this man was, and I looked him in the face, and he was so into the show, he had no idea he was doing it. Mm. Um, but it was also really interesting to let like my anger like inform the fucking lines. Like it is what it is, and. Bro, and, and I, I'm. All, I was also very. Uh, re, I relearned the lesson that, like, man, audience senses truth. Aud- they sense it. You can do. You can do the lines the best way you fucking can. The line hits every single time when you do it this way. But truth is truth, and if you feel it, they feel it, and their response is different. Um, so that was. Uh, it was amazing. Um, man, me, me and Malik are just like. Uh, I don't want to say best friends, but like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you're yeah, great man. together. Yeah, dude. So we walk on stage and we we put in the work. Um I recorded a uh I got a camcorder that has like footage from when I'm 18 on it. I'm so fucking huge, man. I'm a dance motherfucker. Um I'll show you some videos later, but yeah, been, man, I was huge. I was I was huge, bro. What do you mean? I was like Ronnie on the Jersey Shore, truly. You I'm going to post a video. You'll be shocked. But anyway, what happened? uh I I said that I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. I want to be an actor. <laughs>
1: okay oh well but they're one and the same thing what they're one and the same
0: maybe now yeah maybe now (laughs) i mean dude if i yeah man there'd be very few guys who look like that that could act for sure but anyway um i recorded like the on the closing performance like me walking on stage with malika out there. i recorded on the camcorder like the bows and everything it was so cool man so so cool yeah, man. And I took the camcorder backstage with, like, when the director came back and the artistic director. It was really, really, really sweet. Um, yeah, man. So then we, after the show, um, me and Malika both didn't read the reviews. Uh, we sat down oh, no. and we read them. Um, I thought they were just like... There was one really great one. One really like thoughtful... Interesting, smart. That made comments on our acting and the play, and just a lot of stuff that we worked on. But the other ones, I thought were just kind of dumb. Like,
1: yeah, they like to get they get stuck on like one idea and they just like run with it, and it's like their idea. Yeah, man. It doesn't really have anything to do with what anyone's doing.
0: Yeah, man, exactly. And I was like, dude, it's like a two person show. You're not gonna comment on
1: yeah, Exactly. No, exactly. It's so conceptual.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> It's, it but it made me also think like cuz before the show like my whole my whole life theme of the past year was like not walking on a tightrope not doing it for the mm-hmm. f- for anyone but myself just showing up as, as hard as i could but then you know the during previews i'm like you know i'm thinking about the critics and when are they coming and all this kind of shit i can't help myself um but then reading those reviews i'm um, I, I was like dog these are just like maybe dumb people
1: yeah i mean they don't know i mean they certainly don't uh, have an inner working relationship with like acting yeah uh,
0: yeah i just thought like some of the so interesting man like some what some of my favorite elements of the play was like that race was so was infused through everything but never like never yeah, became yeah. like this and some of the reviews so were like they, they missed problem. an opportunity to like delve into i'm like no, no you didn't miss an opportunity it was like done intentionally to not yeah. beat this fucking thing over the head like they're like they should they have explored like, this and that like what do you mean explored what, like how, how exactly does one explore should we have a fucking long scene about it like where yeah, we, where we break a,
1: down you should have a list of uh, <laughs> hot button topics to explore yeah, in, every, in every single play yeah
0: yeah it was it was fascinating and it made me honestly think that like going forward I would, I mean, look, there's people whose opinions I care about. Like, if you wrote a review about the play, I would be genuinely curious what you had to say. Like, I know you said that the play wasn't really for you. Oh, we never talked about this. Ryan came to the play um, maybe two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought it was lovely, I, you know, is it, but it's, I just don't like stuff about high schoolers.
0: Great, great.
1: I mean, I still liked it, but like, you know, I'm not buying a copy of it. Sure, um, but your guys—I mean you, you know your guys' performances were wonderful, and I loved your work, and um, I loved the theater, mm-hmm. and I mean it was a good play, mm-hmm. you
0: know? um, and it also to me like when I read the play, I, like I love realism. Uh-huh. All that my my one of my greatest goals for the play was like I want people to feel like they're there, like I'm not gonna yeah. overplay anything. Well, I'm trying to mind truth. You did, yeah. thank you. Um, it's so interesting. Well, whatever the reviews didn't touch on any of that. Mostly, one did, and it was very gratifying. Um,
1: they really didn't talk. The whole thing is you guys just talking.
0: Yes, very, very, very little mention of our performances. <laughs> so weird. Truly so bizarre. <laughs> Truly so about bizarre. About like enough.
1: the themes of the play or something. Or about like, how like the, the play
0: should have. Uh, about how like things were like missed. About how we've seen this before. Like all this kind of fucking like okay. drivel. I'm like, bro. Like, th- I mean, the thing is also, I I wish. There were a lot of young people that came to the, to the play, a lot, and like and they're not writing the reviews. They're not writing the reviews. They're not writing the reviews. No, they, the audience was really
1: into it today.
0: Mm-hmm. Dude, they always are. Yeah, are they yeah, man, they they always are. Like I've never felt that before. Um, and uh, but but so what I was saying was that like like going forward, I would love to become fan uh, like a fan of certain reviewers, and I would like so that if someone is at the show whose opinion I actually care about then of course I'm curious to see what they think but man I can't like I can't care about like the the fucking opinions of people who the play isn't for that I show up to the fucking theater like I just can't do that Yeah. so I'm happy I didn't read them like I don't know what that possibly could have done except for go like oh some people are just fucking idiots um so I I'd love to see if any of those reviewers listen to this incredible podcast (laughs) about their terrific work that I enjoy so much um so yeah, man. So now with the play done, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's, it's it's weird. It's um, it's hard to figure out like, what yeah, what I'm. <laughs> I don't know what's meaningful in life again. Like recalibrating yeah. what's meaningful.
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, cool beans indeed. Me and Ryan both auditioned for the for the understudy and Danny oh, the yeah, deep blue This it's funny. Yeah. We watch both each auditions other's tape. for
1: the understudy and DPC both didn't get a callback because it's you know it's well already, it's already offered to
0: someone well let's well who knows well i mean that's um, yeah i mean i was i don't know yeah we both didn't get a callback um it's okay it's fine my so manager said that it was the most the casting manager said it was the most competitive show that they've ever done um for the understudy which is under- interesting part um but also, my friend Blake, when I, when I told him about it, he watched the tape, my tape, he was like, whatever. Um, when I told my, my friend Blake what, what my manager had said and that I didn't get a call back, he was like, yeah, man, like it's probably going to one of Chris's friends. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I would be, I would be curious. Like, it would make sense. Like, if I were him, I would... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: or Aubrey's friend. Yeah. The director's friend. Who the fuck knows? The
1: director's young. Yeah. He's... Yeah. Um. But so, I was curious to see David's tape, and I was like, "Let's compare tapes, buddy." Mm-hmm. And David was like, "No, man, I don't want to be in competition with a friend." <laughs> and I, I was like, "This <laughs> is
0: over text, by the way. This was not said out loud. There was no voice memo sent about this. But I did say, like, I don't know the point of us comparing tapes. Yes."
1: And I was just like, "Well, I bet it's not. It's not for competition. I just bet we really did it differently." So, I just want to see. Mm-hmm. So, we took out our tapes and we sent them to each other.
0: The little tape measuring contest.
1: And um, they exist in two different universes. A completely different place. <laughs> yeah, completely different place. Different genres, different everything. Well, I took it as... What was I feeling when I did it? Um,
0: you had a very hmm. bold take on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, this is what it is, you know, I mean, I wanted to like, I I, I took it more as like a, you know, when I read that play, I don't really see a realistic play. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels very two people floating out in space in kind of like an expressionist way. And... Especially since they said in the breakdown something about like you better be a strong mover. So it's like they're gonna have dance sequences in it mm-hmm. or something. Yep. Or it's gonna be or it's gonna be employ some type of movement expression mm-hmm. it's not gonna be two people sitting at a table. Yep. So I took it as kind of like a sort of like a freewheeling um, drunk Cassavetes type thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like kind of humorous. And
0: oh, I just did straight. Danny, I just did straight. What I, th- <laughs> what I think the play is. That man is not. <laughs> well, that's moving. what I
1: thought the play was. Interesting. You know? But it's just very interesting that you thought the play is something. I mean, I, I mean, I, obviously the play can be done. I, I think it can be done either way. And like, but. What was, yeah, like, well, tell me more about what you thought your version of the play was.
0: Well, I mean, the, the thing is also, like, that, <clears throat> I don't, I mean, look, I, I played it, like, very dark. This man is reckoning with the fact that he thinks he killed someone. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, he, he, he's he he's been on the brink of killing someone always, but now he actually killed someone, and he knows what it feels like for a man's chest to cave in, mm-hmm. um, in the feeling of that. I, for, and also like, I, I have to, I have to say that I've never seen this play done, but I've seen so many takes of it Yeah. and so many, um, I've never seen it done either. you've never, No. you, <laughs> that's why, that's why when I saw yours, I was like, Whoa, that's very bold.
1: <laughs> well, I, you know what I mean? That's I'm not, I'm but, not I, but I knew I was doing that. Yes. Yes. You know? And I was just like, well, I want to you know, my shots of actually getting this are. What you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, or are or, or great or not? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be like, this is. I mean, I f- still feel like everything I did is justified by the script. But mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna do like my fucking thing with it, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do like my, you know. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. I mean, I took the when he's talking about the. <laughs> I still believe the same thing as you, but. I kind of felt like the, the the pain of having done that It's too, or the gravity of having done that is like too much for him to admit to himself at that moment. So I kind of did it as like a flirting or something mm-hmm. or just like, uh, I can't believe this fucking story I'm about to tell you. Like, um... Yeah. Yes. Like I was doing everything I could to deny what I did, mm-hmm. in a way, or to make it not have gravity.
0: Yes, I think the the way that. again, also like the, there was this guy in my acting class like ten years ago named Jonathan Drew who did this scene, and I still remember that as like, not this scene but this play. Um, some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. So realistically, like my version of Danny in the Deep Blue Sea* is essentially lives in the, the genre that he did, and that's and that's the his truth. Yeah. Um. Sure. Yeah, this guy Jonathan Drew did some shit that was just man, it was. I, I still tr- to this day I remember it as some of the absolute best acting I've ever seen in my life. Um. But I think, but I think also like the way that I see the what's central to me about that character is that he he can't make eye contact. Mm. He's uh, like, he's so full of feeling that like con- the connection is like his breaking point. Is
1: that in the script? Yeah. Or-
0: the eye contact of it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess, I don't know. I guess I'm more interested in it. Like for me, I don't want to do that in an audition. Yeah. I mean for TV, okay. Like if mm. that's if that's like what, if it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for the for me, I, I guess what my perspective on auditioning is, like, the eye contact layer mm-hmm. of it, like, I'm like, we'll get there. Yeah. You know? I just want to, like... I'm not in any way saying that's a wrong... But I didn't know that either. <laughs> like, I've read the play... Like, like, I mean, I've... You know, I read the play. I worked on that monologue in college or whatever. Yeah. But... It was never one of my.
0: Yeah, dude, I, my I totally feel you. Dream, whereas dream 100%. Things. Whereas to me, it's the, it's the exact mm. opposite. Like I worked on that play for like years. And to mm. me, it was like the pinnacle of like proving myself as an actor. Yeah. Where I was like, I think very few people can do this. So I'm going to work on it for years. <laughs> um. So yeah. Yeah, very interesting. But it was honestly, it was really, really cool to compare tapes and literally be like, oh, we're actually not in competition at all. Because what we're doing is completely fucking different. <laughs>
1: <laughs> could not be more different. Literally so different.
0: <laughs> could not be more different. Um, this is cool. I like this conversation. Yeah. This is, um, that's what's, up. Uh, that's what's, up. Uh, that's what's, uh, so, um, do you want to talk about the class on air? Do you want to talk about it after?
1: Oh, I did one. You can talk about it on air, but I did one more thing. Okay. I did a, a reading at New York. Oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. New York theater workshop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they like offered it to me out of the blue. That's amazing. And I was just like, wow, nothing good ever happens to me. So this is, <laughs> that's a joke. Mm-hmm. Obviously. This
0: is a hilarious joke. But that's a funny joke.
1: That's how it feels like sometimes that everything I do is like just me muscling the universe in order to like create an opportunity for myself. And like very few spontaneous things just slip through the cracks to be like given to me. Dude, that's I let that go, bro. That's my, sha- no, that's my shadow side. I'm acknowledging that that is how I feel sometimes. It's not how I feel all of the time. Okay. All right. Well, what, would you have me deny it, rather?
0: No, I wouldn't have you deny it, but I do think there's... I mean, the, the, I think that dealing with a shadow versus hardwiring into your identity are two.
1: That's not hardwired to my identity.
0: It depends how many times you repeat it.
1: I don't repeat it, that often.
0: You'd be shocked. What? The, this, the, this view. Yeah. It's not that you repeat that good things never happened to me, but the view of like mu- needing to muscle and like everything is like really hard. Yeah,
1: that's like my, but I, but that's like my. That's like my th- thing that I'm dealing with. Throughout my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can just go away. Or that I can just let go of. Mm-hmm. It's a long, long process. So I allow myself to feel that way sometimes, you know. Okay.
0: I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to d- diminish it by saying, okay, I also think about it for myself. Like I think about there's like a like for myself. I think there's a there's a very <laughs> there's just a fine line about like.
1: And I do think it's different than like outright being like fucking nothing good ever happens to me or having like kind of a sense of humor about
0: it. Awesome. True.
1: Yes. The sense of humor about it is what creates a lot of like art mm-hmm. or you know pe- people dealing with that with themselves in a humorous way is what creates a lot of like character.
0: Mm-hmm. So you know. Also agree. Yes. Um. I need to not tell people how to live.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> no it's okay. No it's good because people no, because people need to be like aware of their their habits and patterns, but from close friends. Maybe not just like random people, but yeah. I mean.
0: But so this good thing happened to you. Anyway,
1: so got offered a reading from New York Theater Workshop for their like Monday play development reading series. And I'm friends with the guy that runs the, I don't know where it came from exactly, uh, but the playwright is someone I briefly knew in Chicago 10 years ago. Mm-hmm but we don't really know each other. So I was like, did he, was it him or, but my, my friend who's done a couple of little things with adult film, he sort of produces the readings and then I was like, was it him? And the part I ended up reading was like a great Russian part, like a real bruiser, it was very funny. And he ended up being the antagonist of the play and had like an amazing fucking arc and complete reversal. Hell yeah. So I was like, or maybe the casting director just cast me because I'm right for it. But I'm sure someone like put my, I don't know. I don't know how I got there and I didn't ask. But it was nice. But it was nice to see a confluence of influences getting me there. Yeah. 100%. Something that happened 10 years ago a friend I've met more recently and you know, I didn't get cast in play there or something, but it still felt really nice to just go there with a bunch of other working actors and people, people different people from all different someone I knew from Chicago was there. And you know, a couple of like Yale MFAs were there and uh, they were, it was a great fucking play. Yeah. It was a great play congratulations dude um, and it was a really fun you know we worked on it for a long time and then we did like a public reading of it for I don't know 40 people from the staff and whatever and it was just uh, super welcoming and just you know felt really good to just be walking around the village and just you know, did you um? did you know the director of it no he was great too amazing um, so that was fun And it was, oh, something kind of frightening about it. It's a, the play was like 60% uh, Spanish. Oh my God. And most, and a lot of Spanglish. And my character does not speak Spanish, but I was really nervous. You know, I wanted to be like good, you know? And I was just really nervous about like, how am I going to like hear my cue, you know? Uh, But that, was dissipated very quickly, so uh, it's called Novios. It's, it's an it's not, it's, not, it's not, it hasn't been published or performed or anything.
0: Does that mean married couple?
1: It means like boyfriends. Ah,
0: yeah, boy, boyfriend. That's what's up. That's what's up. Some queer stuff. I love that. Love that queer stuff, dude. Yeah, what kind of a bruiser were you? Uh.
1: I don't want to really like reveal too much. Okay, of the play. got it.
0: Okay, I love asking personal questions on a podcast. And, you, you know, know just a Russian little bad boy.
1: Yeah, Russian little bad boy. Yeah, come on, As I usual. like these techniques. But it was great. But I love, like, I love playing those parts if they're really fleshed out and yeah. have something. Like in this play, he's revealed to be something else. Yeah, so uh, it was it was great
0: how you do congratulations thanks I wish for both of us to be more and more known in the New York City theatrical space so that good things are offered to us
1: very nice
0: Um, very good honey
1: yeah well do you feel like doing the play um yeah created more people saw it dude it was it
0: was interesting man like Ross liked it yeah yeah man thank you for kind of introducing me to him Really, really sweet dude. Made me very happy to see him after the show. He was very, like, just a welcoming, like, warm, giving energy. Come on, not like that. Don't look at me like that.
1: I wasn't really looking at anything. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, yeah, dude. So he's, uh, saw the play. Really, really sweet dude. He, um, he wrote the, the, uh, the, uh, Ivanov, Ivanov, um, play that we did. Ah. Ivanov. Um, yeah, man. So what was really, really cool about it, and also, like, uh, like every night interesting people would come to the play playwrights directors casting directors it, it was really really cool in that and also what's awesome for me is that well awesome not awesome that's cool that,
1: that can like actually happen yes
0: new york that's cool. yeah yeah and also like malika would introduce me to people that she worked with like every every night yeah super welcoming and warm to me in that way um and uh what was i gonna Um, oh yeah so like i don't know like i don't know new york theater anymore like i used to be one of those people who like i knew who all the cast directors were and i knew who all the cool directors were and i knew who whatever agents managers were like bro i don't know anything anymore truly don't know anything i could shake hands with like the biggest manager at wherever i wouldn't have any well
1: but you don't have like a lot of those people it's like you don't know what they look like
0: i back then i kind of did okay or back then I, i i made it my business the thing is when I was younger, I didn't know how to act, so all that I had going for me was like networking. It's
1: Like every twenty something. Yes. Ever. Yes. They're just like. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But I mean, me, now me, me, I don't know anyone. Like I could, I could be. There was, a, there was an actor. This is so funny. There was an actress who came uh, a couple of days ago to the show, and she was Malika. Had a lot of people there, so she was like waiting to talk to Malika. And I was like, "Are you, are you a friend of Malika?" She's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "And I, then I was like, wait, so are you, are you, are you?" Um, are you Malika's family? And she looks at me and she goes, I'm an actress. I'm on Broadway.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> She's like, honey, no one knows what's on Broadway.
0: Yeah, but, but she, didn't, she, didn't do, she, wasn't, she didn't do it in like a she, – she honestly had a lot of really sweet things to say. She wasn't like putting me down, That's but it was so really funny. funny. She was like, I'm on, I'm on Broadway. <laughs> Have you heard of Broadway?
1: <laughs> but no, because why, what is on Broadway that you would go see I mean, or be involved with? Not, but but, like but people musicals.
0: in theater – but I will say this. People in theater, like I see people that I recognize from like, oh, I saw MTC post something with their face
1: once. I'm the exact same way as you because I really don't know anything. People are like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know who the casting directors are and I know directors I'm interested in and whatever, but like, I'm not intimately like, I'm not aware of every new play that comes, I mean, I hear about them, but yes. like, but I don't really go see anything because everything's, I mean, your tickets were, well, you give me a code, like, yep. you know, for $30 tickets and it's just like, well, I'm not. I saw someone posting they were giving away. I mean, I'm kind of interested in seeing that job show, but like someone posted, so selling my job ticket, $11. $111. $111? Like, I've, I've never paid $100. Like, what? I would not pay more than $50 to see any play.
0: Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, and you I, need a code for that.
1: I know. So I don't see plays.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's tough, man. That's tough. Um, but I hope it did,
1: right? The Primop stuff was 45.
0: Yeah, right, 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 My, uh, my friend was in that play and I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and talk to him and and hear about his, his name is Eric Roush, older actor. Um, big guy, huh? Big guy. Very, not big guy. Very, very slender guy. Mm. He was, he's in one of them. I don't know. I only saw one. Got it. Um, so I'm gonna talk to him see what the whole thing's like. But he's, I mean, he says that like, Grimov's a genius. Um. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see how it on plays out. I will say this. I mean, my family knows of Grimov. They, I mean, he really is your a legend. Theater going family? Huh?
1: Your theater going family? I mean, I think he's just
0: one of like the Russian kind of legendary working directors. Well,
1: yeah. That's seeing Your family sees theater. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's also so interesting to like both my parents really do know Russian films. It's interesting how like there was such a, when I started acting here, it was such a brand new, it's like we had to learn everything from scratch about how it all works. It's very interesting. Um, all right, anything else you wanna talk about? Uh, Sex with animals? No, 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 we'll save it for the next one. We'll save it for the next pod.
1: Um, what? I don't know, lots of interesting, just kind of, like, just lots of stuff with adult film is happening. And you want to tell us? Sure. I mean, our next, <laughs> our next, pl- oh sorry, my throat is, like, ruined today. Um,
0: What ruined it, Danny? I'm joking. You No,
1: I, I had a, oh, I think I figured out what ruined it. What? I think it was, it was my mother marrying my stepdad. Mm. Mm. I was working on The Seagull and I was just, we were doing, I was doing some of the Lindy Davies work and getting like images, thoughts and feelings and stuff. And my throat thing came up and I just started, I was just like remembering and I was like, I think I, I think I started doing that when my mom got remarried. My hamlet ass. Mm. started on um, so I'm gonna see if I can incorporate that in the character and perhaps work through it with the character
0: I love that yeah man I love make, that
1: make something about the voice part of the character mm. Um. Uh, yeah we're gonna do, so we did our two our two plays mm-hmm. were you we able to see either them?
0: didn't yeah. see either Sorry. just I couldn't with the, yeah. with the play
1: they were great they were good they're a lot of fun. Amazing. All uh, the kids doing their work. God, I love them. I love yes. those kids. I and mean, you create an opportunity for people to the act, man. It's amazing. Um. And we're gonna do two more two two one acts in late November and early December. And I'm very excited about them because one is written by my friend Joey Merlot, who's an amazing playwright, and it's gonna be directed by Jack Sirio, who did the the Uncle Vanya in the Loft, cool. Earliest year, very and it's cool. Like so fucking cool that you know he's so hot right now, but still wants to work with us. Yeah, and, dude, that's amazing. Um, I'm gonna be a, It's just me and my friend Jay doing this really crazy faggot one act. Mm. Um, then the other one is written by uh, Jess Barbagallo, and it's gonna be directed by him, and it's a it's a um, it's a play about actors losing their shit in Los Angeles. Awesome. So, uh, and Jess works a lot in New York too. And Joey connected me with him. And yeah, we do eight performances of that in December. And uh, this is another cool thing that ha- you know I was kind of already just because we're focusing on the seagull the first half of next year, and mm-hmm. I was kind of already being like, well, what do we do after that, you know? And um I know what we're gonna do now. I don't know if I wanna say it yet.
0: Okay, let it murnate. It. Okay. Hi, it's me again, leaving you a little closeout message, if you will. Um, thank you so much for listening. It's uh incredibly heartwarming and gratifying to us. I've really been loving the word gratifying recently. Um, If there's anything you want to hear us talk about, as always, please just send us a message. Um, I think you know where to find us. And yeah, if you you enjoyed it, please leave us a little five-star review. Or rather, leave us five stars, but then also a a review. Um, So that's it. See you soon.